Welcome to River City Church Podcast. We're glad you're listening. We believe this message will be encouraging and timely. To connect with us, find us on social or at rivercitychurch.co. Today, I wanted to kind of, this has probably been because of, you know, I was out last week. uh, We had Christmas Eve, uh, we didn't have a midweek service because we had our Christmas Eve services. So this has been the most disjointed series I've ever done in my entire life. We started it sometime in December, uh, and this is part three. So, uh, but this is unhealthy. We've been doing a series called Unhealthy, and last time, two weeks ago, I did a message about dreaming that when we become spiritually, emotionally healthy again, especially spiritually healthy, we begin to dream again. God begins to to put things in our heart, and we begin to uh, believe God for more. It's, it's hard to dream with God when you're just trying to survive. Are, are you with me? When you're discouraged, when you're bound, when you're going through a difficult season, which all of us do in different times, but Jesus helps us through that. He, we overcome, and so we've looked at getting healthy. Uh, tonight, I want to focus on uh, this, this word that I, I, I touched on it briefly Sunday, but it's the word alignment, and I want us to kind of speak into this uh, tonight. Uh, the uh, subtitle is actually realignment. The third John 1-2, it's a short letter at the uh, towards the end of the Bible. The Apostle John wrote this to the church, and this is a verse I shared at the very beginning of this series. If you missed any of it, because it has been over the course of a month and a half uh, to get it three parts in, uh, but we, you can catch that on the podcast. Uh, but here's what it says, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Let me read that again. Beloved, he's writing to the church. He says, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. He's touching on several things. Of course, it's a greeting. It's a, it's a prayer. It's a heartfelt expression from the Apostle John, a spiritual father in the church. And he says, I'm praying that you prosper, that you're blessed, that you grow. And what does that word prosper mean? In, in Hebrew, the word prosper is, is a word salak. And it means literally this. It means to move forward and to be victorious, and to cross over even, to cross over a barrier, an obstacle. And uh, I, I share this with you at the beginning of this series, that when we're unhealthy, we're not moving forward. When we're unhealthy in any area, emotionally, our emotions aren't, we're not growing in a healthy way. Relationally, our relationships aren't growing in a healthy way. Uh, financially, we're more unhealthy. Things are burdened by debt and things like that, and we're not able to do what we want to do and what God has enabled us to do. And uh, when we're physically unhealthy, you know, anybody who's ever dealt with physical infirmity for an extended time knows how difficult it can be to function, to do what you need to do. Uh, and that's why God wants to work in each of these areas to bring us to not only health, but to his purpose so that we're moving forward. And I believe the most important one is to be spiritually healthy. Uh, And so as we look at this year, at the beginning of 2022, I want to challenge you to uh, begin to see alignment come in areas that are unhealthy, to see God kind of shift the the focus so that your eyes are on Jesus and that you're able to grow things that are healthy. When areas of my life are healthy, I'm growing. When they're not healthy, I'm not growing. They're not moving forward. And I want to challenge you to kind of, even with the Holy Spirit, have kind of a self uh, inventory of areas. You know, we've got spiritual, emotional, physical, relational, financial. Let, let the Holy Spirit show you areas that you're not moving forward that He wants to help you move forward. Sometimes it just takes one change 
to see everything else begin to cascade in your life, everything else begin to move into place. And I, I believe it starts with having our spiritual life healthy, putting Jesus first. And if we'll start this year, right now we're in 21 days of prayer. If, if you haven't jumped in yet, I want to encourage you to set time aside over the next couple weeks, uh, an extended time to really seek God's face, to spend time with Jesus on an extended level. If you don't have a daily prayer time, make that a part of your, your daily routine this uh, through this season uh, to get you started, to be able to have this a part of your regular life because the Christian life strength is found in a deep, close relationship with Jesus. Uh, and, and you can't have that without prayer. Prayer is not some religious exercise. It's conversation with God. And, and so when we're spiritually healthy, we begin to grow. And we're going to look at a few things here. Ephesians chapter 4 is a message to the church, uh, to, to the body of Christ, to believers. That's, that's you and me and Jesus. But I want you to catch this. And uh, I, I usually talk about this in step two, this verse, because of kind of the implications of it in terms of how God builds his church. But I want to focus on one thing tonight. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. It says that Jesus himself gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. These are, you know, what we would consider uh, leadership in the church. These are uh, gifts of God to do a very specific thing. And here's what they do. Verse 12, for the equipping of the saints. That word equipping is a Greek word, kartartismo. So I'm going to do a little Bible study with you for a minute. It's a word that means to uh, put into alignment. It's actually used of setting a bone that's uh, been been popped out of joint. Set a bone in surgery is the idea that this word conveyed in the Greek language. And so it means to realign, to equip, or to set in order. And so any time in my, especially my spiritual life, but any area of my life when something's out of order, that means it's out of God's intended design. It's as simple as beginning to go, okay, God, how do I get this back into order? And let me realign this area of my life with you. When I realign this area with Jesus, when, I, when I'm in realignment, so, so, you know, God's, in fact, to follow Jesus means to follow the same course. Are, are you with me? Two of you, okay. To be a follower of Jesus means I'm to, to, to be a follower in the same course. It's not just that I receive the right information from him and, and I, I apply that, you know, in, in a religious sense, but it's that I'm actually following the person of Jesus who's on a particular course in a particular direction, and the result of that is going to be change. It's going to be changing areas of my life that sometimes are out of alignment. So here's what it says, that Jesus gave these gifts for the equipping, the realigning, the, the kind of popping back into joint, parts of the body of Christ, the church that are out of joint, not functioning properly. So for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying or building up of the body of Christ until we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. That word unity is important. We'll talk about that in a second. To a perfect or mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we, that's you and me, should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love. We, if we want to have healthy relationships, we speak the truth in love. We don't need less truth. Sometimes we just need to add more love to it. <laughs> are, are you with me? Uh, and so, so we need to speak the truth in love. You know, anything you don't deal with gets worse. Can I just help somebody tonight? 
Anything you don't deal with, no matter what it is, as a parent, as a as a as a father, and you know, in your marriage relationship, and in you know, some of you are business leaders and ministry leaders, and any area you have a responsibility, anything you don't deal with always gets worse. So that's why we speak the truth, but we do it in love, in a way that's life-giving, nurturing, and is for somebody else's good. May grow up into all things into Him who is the head. That's Jesus. So the body is growing up to be like Jesus. We're connected to Jesus. And so all of these things I want to talk about tonight are all about being connected to Jesus. So, so you know, just like your body has to be properly aligned with your head. If it's not, that's a problem. <laughs> and, and so um, I'll forego any uh, Braveheart references since we have kids in the room. Um, <laughs> Or Goliath references, I should say that. Uh, so so here's, here's where we got. So he says, from whom, from Jesus, the whole body, that's all of us, uh, from the whole body, from him, the whole body, joined and it together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes the growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So here's the idea, that, that you know, if something's not working, God's put gifts in the body of Christ to help kind of put things together, to realign them, to help get things back into place. And it's true that in every one of our lives, God wants to set in alignment things that are, that are not working. And I believe that as we start this year, it's a good opportunity. You know, this is something that, that in, in my own life, I want to do daily with Jesus. I want to invite the Holy Spirit to help me kind of get, you know, if there's areas that I've neglected, that I kind of get those back in place. If there's something that I've, I, I, I've, I've forgotten to do that I, that I used to do that was, very, that was fruitful and, and drawing me close to Jesus, I need to put that back in place. If there's something I, I'm doing that's not healthy or that's, uh, that's, that's kind of becoming, coming in between me and Jesus, I need to deal with that and address that. And so no matter what it is, we want to start that, of course, on a daily basis. But I just want to encourage you because this is kind of, you know, people. People are, are at the beginning of the year evaluating, you know, I want to get healthier, I want to do better at this, I want to be a better, you know, husband, father, you know, wife, mother, all those things. We, we go through the list. And so, but I want to encourage you to start it with Jesus. Because everything else flows from the place of me being connected to the head, to Jesus. Without that, I can't be and do what I'm called to do. Do you know change is inevitable, but growth isn't? So, so there's, we're going to be in a world that's changing. We're going to be in a world, you know, I, I, I just, I heard somebody say this today, which I really like this. It's funny. It, I don't like it, but I, I think it's interesting. Uh, you know, we, we used to tell our kids, you know, hey, when you greet somebody, when you meet somebody, look them in the eye and shake their hand. And then the last two years happened and we're like, don't look at them. No, I'm kidding. None of you have done that. Okay. Um, things are changing. Sometimes things are changing in a not-so-good way, uh, but we want to be healthy and we want to grow. And so in our spiritual life, when we align with Jesus, we start growing. So I've got four points tonight, very simply, talking about realignment with Jesus. Number one is realignment with Jesus brings freedom. Realignment with Jesus brings freedom. That's why as we start this year, we want to start it with prayer, but we want to start it getting in God's Word. God's Word is how we experience freedom every day. As we apply the Word of God, as we study the Word, as we, as we allow God's Word to be that mirror that I've talked about before, that mirror that reveals Jesus, but also reveals my own life in Jesus. And so God's Word is a mirror that will challenge you, encourage you, strengthen you. But one of the things that the Word of God does is that it reveals every lie that I've believed. 
and I'm as free or bound as the lies that I am believing. So I'm as bound as, so one lie, I've seen, I've seen this so many times, one lie I've believed about God or believed about myself or my family, my marriage, whatever it is, one lie could derail my entire life. I, in, in, gosh, 18 now years of ministry, I've seen a lot of people, godly people, people that love Jesus, knew the Bible, preached the Bible, get derailed by one lie that they believed, that they were so absolutely convinced of. And that's why it's so important that we have to allow God's word to reveal the lies we believed and then invite the Holy Spirit to help us dismantle those things because it's not worth those things taking us off track. And so when he realigns us, he does it with his word, and it always, any time I, I turn from the lie and turn to the truth of God's word, the result is freedom. It, it's, it's impossible to apply God's word, believe God's word, and, and, and allow it to transform you and not be more free. <laughs> it's just simply true. Now, if I don't apply it, I can be more religious, which is actually a different kind of being bound. <laughs> to know it and not apply it is to not be changed by it. So, so a lot of people are good at, you know, reading the Bible to win an argument, to preach a sermon, to, you know, comment on social media. <laughs> But it's more important that the word changes me before it changes through me. Okay. So alignment with God's word brings freedom. God's word reveals lies that I believe and invites me to experience freedom in Jesus. So we need to renew our mind with God's word. And that's why it's so important to do this every day. Come on, church. That's why it's important to get in the word every day. Get in God's word every day. And as you get in God's word every day, it's going to start to change the way you think. It's going to begin to change the way you see God, of course, and also see yourself and the world around you. Number two is realignment with Jesus creates a place for God to move in my life. Realignment with Jesus actually makes a space in my life for God to move. There's this great king in the Old Testament. His name is Hezekiah. And, uh, Hezekiah was a reformer. Hezekiah, I think it was uh, 25 years old, he becomes king. And in the first month of his reign, the very first thing he does, see what happens first matters. What happens right now can set the direction and tone for the rest of the year. It can set the tone, but, but as I said, change will happen, but growth will not be inevitable. But what you do now can actually set the course and set the tone for what happens for the rest of the year. And, and, and so, so here's what Hezekiah does. In the first month, the first part of his reign as king, he goes to the temple God's house had been closed down. God's house had, the doors had been shut. The place had fallen into disrepair. And inside they were full of, of the Bible says, says rubbish. Just collected junk. Anybody got a drawer in their house? You haven't looked in that drawer in 15 years. It doesn't matter. You know, my wife and I, we've, we've moved over the years, different houses, different places because of ministry. And, and it's funny, no matter where we've moved, we've always had that drawer. And there was actually a real, early on, I did this <laughs> not so great thing. I, I took the drawer and I just relocated the contents to another drawer, but didn't go through it. Until <laughs> finally, I just had to deal with it. See, sometimes over time, you accumulate stuff that's not helpful. Realignment with Jesus creates a space 
for God to move in my life. Let's look at Hezekiah real quick. Second uh, Chronicles 29.3, in the first year of his reign, the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and he repaired them. See, so, you know, there's been a battle in the last two years over this very thing. Do you know, there was a, I was at a pastor's conference. Um, gosh, I don't remember when that was. We all went, that was over almost a year ago. And there was one of the pastors said he was in a conversation with a government official who's not a Christian. This, this official said, if we had it our way, we would never let churches reopen. That's, that, that's about two hours north of us is where it was. So, so this, it's not like a foreign country. It's not, you know, there's, there's, the enemy would like nothing more than for the church to be shut down. Do you know the Bible actually describes the church as the pillar and ground of the truth? So, so we've got we've to have the doors open to reach people for Jesus. And so I, I'm thankful that God's doing so much. That's why, that's why you know, as, as a church, we're a new church, but we're going to see churches planted this year, not only through River City Church, but we're praying for churches all over the world to be started. I've got some things I'll be sharing soon of initiatives to help plant churches around the world. I just, I believe that that, that is what Jesus is building. Okay. That's a different sermon, but it's good. Okay. He repaired them, and then he brought in the priests, the Levites, and gathered them in the east square and said, Hear me, O Levites, now sanctify yourselves. Sanctify the house of the Lord your God of your fathers and carry out the garbage, carry out the rubbish. It's time, it's time to clean out the junk. It's time to, you know, it's kind of like just like you naturally, we have kind of the spring cleaning kind of season. It's important that in our spiritual life that there's just stuff we get out. And the Holy Spirit's like Hezekiah here. He comes along and goes, hey, let me help you remove this junk. That, that, that bitterness that you have over there, let's, let's get that out. It's garbage. It's keeping you from being spiritually healthy. That, that offense you're carrying, that, that woundedness, that place you're staying stuck, you're, the reason you're not progressing, there's a bunch of rubbish there. Let's deal with it. You know, God never reveals to shame us, to hurt us, to, to, to discourage us. He reveals so that he can set us free. And when we clear out the rubbish, it's not just about freedom. It's actually about making room for something much better. We're making room for God. We're making room for God. So you know what? Sometimes spending time with Jesus, he's going to begin to do some spiritual heart surgery, and that's a good thing. He begins to go, let me help you with this. Let's, let's lay this down. Let's, let's clear this out. Let's change, you know, let's... Let's not watch that. Let's go, you know, he gives that direction, not because he's trying to keep us from something, but he has something better for us. Verse 11, my sons, he says, uh, he's telling those that are preparing for this. Uh, he says, my sons, don't be negligent now, for the Lord's chosen you. You know, there is a spiritual apathy the enemy's trying to bring on God's people. Because if the enemy can get you to hit the spiritual snooze button, you will miss the thing you were created for. Look what he says. Don't be negligent now, for the Lord has chosen you. You're chosen by God. You're called by God. Your family, your, your, your purpose, you're called by God. You're chosen by him. He says to stand before him and to serve him. Verse 35, so the service of the house of the Lord was set in order. He does, you know, there's, there's more to this. But he says, he, he sets these things in order. And what ends up happening is they have this revival in the nation. And people rejoice because there's revival as they prepare to seek God happens very quickly. And I've been speaking to this a lot lately because I think there's a lot of people that are discouraged because they're not where they used to be. God can get you where you need to be very quickly. 
It just takes a moment. I, I tell you what, I've had times where, you know, I, 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 I thought I was done or God was done with me. But just setting my heart towards Jesus, realigning with God, created a space in my life for God to move. And I want to encourage you that as you make room for God, that same thing is going to happen. We align with the Holy Spirit, the result is power, Acts 1.8. We align with God in prayer, the result is mountains move. So, so what could God do in your life if you'll just align your heart with his this year? Number three is this, realignment with Jesus blesses my relationships. Realignment with Jesus. I, I told you there's that word unity that was just there, maintaining the unity of the faith. And, and you know, unity's it, it's, it's kind of a buzzword um, a lot of people use, but it's, it doesn't mean it's not important because of that. I just think a lot of people don't know what unity is. People think unity is we're all going to agree on every point. Do you know I've been married now for enough, about a decade and a half, and we have not agreed on every single point. I don't know. Pray, pray, pray for Jenna that she'll realize I'm right. <laughs> but you know we can have unity even when we disagree. Do you know how we can have unity? Well, we have to be connected to the head. Do you know how we can have unity as the church? It's not that we're going to agree on everything. You, you get three people in a room, they're not going to agree on much. That's why church committees are really hard to form and actually have work. <laughs> Some of you have served on a committee before. Uh, but, but can I just tell you, when we're connected to the head, unity is possible. The, the greatest thing that we've done in 14 years of marriage is we've said, okay, let's, let's find out what Jesus wants. Because we're two strong personalities. Anybody who knows us really well knows that we're two strong personalities. My wife's nickname that has been given to her, she's a former hockey player. She's saying no. <laughs> her job, can I tell you that? The bone crusher? Yeah, she's like, why are you talking about this? My wife's the bone crusher. So, so the reason she's the bone crusher is she was the hockey player that, like, didn't score as many goals when she played, but, but her dad, who coach, would say, see that kid over there? Go crush some bones. <laughs> anyway, um, and, and she's kept that tenacity. But so we've got two strong personalities, but the only way we can be, the way we're in unity is we have to be joined to the head. And so you know what I've learned to do? Instead of just praying, God, change this or do this, and she's the same way with, I, I don't pray about my spouse, I pray for them. And you know what I found? Nine times out of ten, God starts dealing with me on my issues first. You start praying for your spouse to change. You know what he'll start doing? He'll start changing you. It's beautiful. Okay. I said that years ago at a church, and uh, I had somebody get up and walk out, and they said, I don't need to change my husband does. Okay. <clears throat> so realignment with Jesus blesses my relationships. I love this. Isaiah 65, 8 says, Thus says the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster... And one says, don't destroy it, for a blessing is in it. New wine is found in the cluster. Not just one grape, but the cluster. And so what that means is that what's to really get out of your life and mine what God intends, he puts us together. 
He puts you in relationships together, starting with your family and your marriage, and then beyond that, other relationships, no matter where you're at in life, that, that, that God brings people into your life. That's why the church is God's family. He brings, nobody has to be alone. He brings God's family together, and then he puts what I need in somebody else, and he puts what they need in my life, and together, we've got what we need. So nobody can say, I don't need you. You don't need me, but we need each other. Sometimes God will put the very thing I've been asking for inside my wife's life to speak into it. Are, are you with me? And so he'll surround you with people that will speak into your life. New wine's found in the cluster. So uh, James chapter 3, verse 16, deals with some of the, deals with some of the unhealthy stuff. Uh, <laughs> for where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. So, so if there's envy, comparison, jealousy, all that stuff, it's something that the enemy uses to destroy and divide, where there's envy, uh, and, and this is a big one, self-seeking. Self-centeredness will kill any relationship. It really will. And so self-seeking, where they exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Sometimes the reason we're just simply confused is we've just got to go to Jesus first instead of trying to pursue our own course. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield. That's a big one. Willing to yield. Willing to yield. Okay. Uh, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality, without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. You say, well, what do I do about this difficult person in my life? Anybody have difficult people in their life? Don't raise your hand. Well, sometimes you can't change the situation, but you can sow. You can sow. He says, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace. Start planting today what you're hoping to see harvested tomorrow. Psalm 133, go through these quickly. Psalm 133 says, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down the edge of his garment. So, so here the psalmist is picturing the high priest, figured in Aaron, and the oil of anointing would pour, when they, when they consecrated the priest, they poured oil upon their head, and it would run all the way down their garments. They would actually anoint them before they would enter the tabernacle every time, too, but, but they would anoint them, and the oil would run down from their head to their feet. And, and just like that picture, he says, you and I, when we dwell together in unity, the result is the oil comes from the head. As we're connected to Jesus, the oil I need for my marriage, the oil I need for my family, the oil I need for being a part of the family of God, the church, the oil I need for any area of my life, it comes as I am rightly joined to Jesus, rightly joined to the head, realigned with God. He says, it's like the dew of Hermon descending from the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commands the blessing. God's just looking for some people to say, you know what, I'm going to do the hard work of aligning my relationships with Jesus. I'm going to align my heart with Jesus, and then I'm going to align, I'm going to speak the truth in love until those relationships around me are aligned too. The result is, he says, I'm going to command the blessing there. God doesn't just say, I'm going to send it, I'm going to command it. Fourth and final point, realignment with Jesus connects me to God's house. That's the church. Matthew 18, I love this, Jesus himself said, Two very important things about you and I gathering together as his people. I, I, I'm a big believer in the key to my life and faith is I have to have a secret place with God. 
Are you with me? Like, I've got to have something just me and Jesus. I've got to be alone with God. I have to have a space in my life where it's just me and God, where I'm, I'm drawing near to Jesus. But as we've already seen, I need other people. And God placed other people in my life. So, so it's not as if I choose one or the other. I need both. I can't live in the public sphere just around other believers but never have alone time with Jesus. Because then my faith will be a forward-facing public thing and will have no root system in the secret place. So I need to have that first. I need to first be with Jesus. But then I need to have relationship with other people. So Jesus said this, again I say to you, the two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask. This just blows me away. He says, it'll be done for them by my Father in heaven. If two of you, he doesn't need 200, 2,000, 2 million, if two. <laughs> if two of you agree on earth as touching anything, he says, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So, so when God invites us, and God actually uses prayer as a means by which he draws us together. Not only that, but he says in verse 20, for where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in their midst, in the midst of them. Jesus says, my presence shows up where two or three are gathered. That's why when we gather as a church, it's not just about us having a service. It's about us encountering the presence of God. Because he shows up when his people show up. <laughs> you know, there's nothing wrong with this. You know, I love the, the prayer. John Wimber is a great revival leader. Back in the early Vineyard Movement, used to pray, Holy Spirit, come. And I believe in that. We pray for God to, to move. To, we invite him to do what only he can do in our midst. Can I also tell you it's equally true that he showed up the moment you stepped in the room? Come on, church. <laughs> where two or three are gathered. He says, I'm there in their midst. Jason, if you and the team want to get ready. One last passage, Exodus 33. I want you to see this to kind of tie it together. And, and, and maybe this will give you something practical to do as we go through these 21 days. But Exodus 33 is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. The story of Moses. And this describes Moses' relationship with God. Moses would meet with God in a tent. It was called the tent of meeting or the tabernacle of meeting. And later on in their history, they would build a more elaborate tabernacle with the, the Ark of the Covenant and the table of showbread and the lampstand. And some of you are familiar with the Old Testament tabernacle. But before they got there, here's what they had. They just had a tent. And Moses, it says in Exodus 33:7, Moses took his tent his own tent, and he pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp. I think sometimes to realign with Jesus, we have to have a space in our life where we get away from every distraction. Every distraction. <laughs> it, it just never fails. You know, if, if you're going to set aside time to go read the Word or go pray, you're going to get every text message. You're going to get every notification. You're going to have all these thoughts that say, why don't you go turn on the news for just a minute? Why, why don't you go? It's funny because the enemy knows how powerful that time outside the camp is for you and I. 
He's terrified you're going to realign with Jesus. Because when you do, you'll be free. When you do, there'll be a space in your life for God to move. (laughs) When you do, you'll start getting healthy. Moses pitched his tent far from the camp. And he called it the tent of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone, look at that, everyone. It came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went to the tabernacle of meeting. Do you know what Moses, when he set a place to meet with God, it actually created a space for others to encounter God too? Your time with Jesus isn't just about you. Your time with Jesus is about your kids. It's about your family. It's about generations. Maybe what you were given was a curse, but what you're going to pass on is going to be a blessing. You're going to pass on more than you were given. Why? Because you're going outside the camp. And you're creating a space to meet with God. And it says everyone who wanted to seek the Lord would go to this place. But I want you to see what actually takes place. So it was whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people would rise. At this time, Israel didn't live in a city. They lived in a camp with their own tents, moving from place to place. And here's what it says. Each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses. Moses is going to see God, and everybody would say, guys, Moses is going to seek the Lord. He's about to go to the tabernacle, and they would all stand at their door. And each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. Now, I know they're celebrating because God is about to show up. But when I've always read this, this, there's been this challenge in my life that Moses draws near, and everyone who wanted to see God can draw near, but only Moses does. With one exception we'll see in just a moment. Everybody's at their own tent door. They're at their own place of convenience. They're at their own place of comfort. (laughs) They would love to see what Moses is seeing. But they're not willing to do what Moses is doing. They're not willing to leave and go outside the camp. Some people don't take that step because they're afraid of being misunderstood. Mislabeled. <laughs> one of those Christians. You know, I, I, I've just been one of those Christians for long enough that I just don't care anymore. <laughs> um, verse 9, it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that God came. The pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door and the Lord talked with Moses and all the people saw This pillar of cloud standing at the door, and all the people rose and they worshiped each man in his tent door. There's a lot of people who are going to be spectators in 2022. But some people are going to go outside the camp. Some people are going to do what no one else is willing to do. Everybody wants change. I don't think there's a person alive who doesn't want their life to be better. I I just don't. Most people want change. But change happens through being connected to the head, to Jesus. It says, Moses would speak to the Lord face to face as a man speaks to a friend. And Moses, when he would return to the camp, his own servant Joshua, the son of Nun, that would be the next generation, church. You know, Moses didn't have a dynasty. 
Moses had sons, he had descendants, but they didn't become the leaders of Israel. You know who did? This guy, Joshua. Do you know why? Because he did what Moses did. He left the camp and he saw God. I want to challenge you this year as we start 2022 that whatever area of your life isn't moving forward like you'd like to see it, that you begin to set Jesus at the center of it. You may not even know how it can change. Let God do the how. Just invite Jesus. Would you stand to your feet? Let me pray with you. Just invite Jesus to be the head. We believe this message will be encouraging and timely. To connect with us, find us on social or at rivercitychurch.co.